0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.
1: I'd like to welcome Kevin Warbach to Knowledge at Wharton. Thanks for being here with us again. Kevin's a professor of legal studies and business ethics here at Wharton. And we're going to talk about the recent uh, federal communications Commission decision on net neutrality. Uh, The idea of net neutrality was approved by a three-to-two margin on the five-member board uh, right along party lines. And um, what that decision means, I think, and you can provide more detail, uh, is that the big internet service providers like Comcast and Verizon, um, they'll be barred from providing high-speed services to companies who might be willing to pay an extra toll for those services. So uh, there's no fast tracking that's going to be allowed under this decision. Um, and uh, all companies will have equal access to, to the internet. So there's a couple things about that. So that means no blocking, no throttling, slowing down, uh, no paid prioritization. And um, this seems to protect the idea of open internet. I, I should point out that on the other side of the coin, Consumers can still pay extra for faster incoming service, right? This is about sort of pushing out rather than the service that comes in. But uh, my question
0: is, what are the big business implications for this decision? Well, the first thing to keep in mind is the FCC adopted open Internet rules. And essentially, as you said, they prohibit certain kinds of business practices going forward. Um, So it's not that uh, your internet service will change dramatically tomorrow because of these FCC rules. This is basically going to the possibility that broadband access companies might discriminate. Um, They might uh, tell certain service providers um, you can't uh, reach customers or you have to pay extra to reach customers or they might throttle or slow them down. Um, If that happens, the FCC is in a position to act. So from a business standpoint, um, this uh, ensures that companies that want to provide services on the Internet – Um, Small companies, big companies, content providers, application developers, and so forth will still have an unfettered opportunity to go online, reach customers, and potentially build a very big business. Um, The other thing it does is it tells the broadband access providers, the companies, as you said, like Verizon and AT&T and Comcast, that certain practices are off the table. Um, There's been a lot of talk over the several years that this has been under discussion that somehow that will prevent them from investing or will destroy their businesses. The reality is uh, the day after the FCC chairman announced that he was planning to adopt these particular rules, the stocks of the cable industry went up. Um, And so while there's a lot of concern about government regulation and so forth, now many of the companies, Cablevision and T-Mobile and Sprint, uh, their executives have come out and said, you know what, at the end of the day, this really doesn't affect our business that much.
1: So if the stock went up, um, then does that mean that it's actually good for business or does it mean that a little bit of the previous uncertainty has been been ended and so – People feel more comfortable investing?
0: Yeah, I think the stock went up partly for other factors and, and partly just because uh, the negative had been, uh, to the extent that investors were concerned, it had already been priced into the stocks. Um, and also, it's, it's real easy to get scared about the big bad government might do something. Um, but what the FCC has made very clear is that they are not going to engage in direct price regulation. They, they've explicitly used what's called forbearance, which is a legal tool they have under the Communications Act, um, to uh, state that they are not going to enforce certain rules even if they're on the books. Um, so uh, ultimately, an open internet is good for everyone. Um, and ultimately, frankly, the the broadband access providers want to see that as well. Um, There are going to be business disputes. There are going to be conflicts. uh, There are going to be issues. uh, But most of them actually go beyond the discrimination issues that the net neutrality order is about. Um, That's partly why this is actually important, um, because the reason I think that the broadband access companies were so – strongly opposed to this legal theory the FCC used, um, which is basically to reclassify broadband access under the same provisions that apply to telecommunications services. The reason they were opposed is that their long-term strategy is to transition, as they should, uh, to being Internet-based companies. And ultimately, that would get them totally out from under the FCC unless the FCC applied this set of rules. So does that make them
1: regulated monopolies or what 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 Under Title II, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, a lot of words get thrown around. People talk about whether this is regulating the internet. It's not. People talk about this as uh, turning the internet into a utility. That's not right. Um, These companies aren't monopolies. There is competition for broadband. Um, There's not enough competition for broadband in the United States, especially for high-speed broadband. It's a very concentrated market. And there's opportunities for that to change at the margins. One of the other things the FCC did in the same meeting was overturn some state laws that actually got in the way of cities competing where there wasn't sufficient broadband competition, building their own municipal networks. The FCC is now trying to break down barriers so there's more competition. Uh, But for the moment, the competition is limited. Um, And even when there is some level of competition, it's true. I can choose between Verizon, Fios, or Comcast for my broadband where I live. Even where that's the case, there are big companies that have a lot of control Uh, And once I sign up for them, any company, whether it's uh, Google or Netflix or Facebook or Etsy or any of these companies that want to reach me, they have to go through that broadband company. So uh, the Communications Act uh, has regulation for these companies because they're in a a strong bottleneck position over a fundamental input for the information economy.
1: What about for consumers? Uh, You explained for businesses what the implications may be.
0: And for consumers, what are we looking at that might be different? Well, again, uh, nothing is going to be fundamentally different because of these decisions. Um, The question is what business models might get adopted, um, what kinds of pricing policies might get adopted, um, and what kinds of practices might happen in the future. Um, And the argument against these rules is that broadband companies won't invest to speed up their networks, that only if companies can pay to get faster service, will there be faster service? That hasn't been shown. um, And uh, it stands to reason that uh, if people want to get access to this content and these services and applications, um, that the companies will provide access to let that happen. um, People can still pay for faster broadband service. None of this is saying that everything has to be exactly the same. Uh, It just has to do with discrimination. So at the end of the day, um, the issues that Consumers, I think, are most concerned about the perception prices are too high, um, bad customer service. There have been lots of incidents with Comcast in particular. These rules don't address that directly. Um, But what they do is provide jurisdiction for the FCC. So, for example, there's been discussion of what's called um, zero rating, different pricing practices that exempt certain services from um, prices uh, and from uh, usage caps. Um, the FCC will now have jurisdiction to address those practices if and when they are adopted. But right now, the way broadband works today is the way broadband is going to work tomorrow.
1: This also affects mobile services.
0: Um, What are the implications of that, or are there implications to that? In the FCC's 2010 rules, which were the prior net neutrality rules that were overturned in court, it basically cut a deal, uh, and it said, Other than the blocking rule, which says you just can't completely block traffic, the discrimination rules don't apply to mobile. Um, And there was really no good policy reason for that. It was, again, it was a deal to get some support from the industry. The FCC has now gone back and said, look, technically mobile and wired internet service are different. There are more congestion issues for mobile. um, But the idea that you can't unreasonably discriminate, that you can't uh, throttle or slow something down just because uh, you don't like the company or you want to prevent them from competing, that doesn't make sense, whatever the platform is. So that's what the FCC has said. They said that mobile and fixed internet are now in the same basic bucket. So we're acting as if this is settled
1: law or rules, but it isn't because there will be court cases. Um, What are going to
0: be the big challenges? How long is this going to take before it's actually settled? Uh, the industry has already said it's going to sue. There uh, will be litigation. Um, in all likelihood, uh, we're looking at two to three years before this gets through the uh, first court, uh, and then in all likelihood, whoever loses, the Supreme Court. Um, so um, this is not something that we will have certainty on for a while. When we last spoke, uh, which was almost a year ago, actually, about
1: this topic, uh, you talked about competition, the fact that there isn't enough competition in this space. You alluded to it earlier. And at that time, um, what you also alluded to here was that there, some competition could come from municipalities and from wireless services. Almost a year has gone by. Has there been any uh, movement on that, or is that still an interesting possibility that you know, remains to mature?
0: Uh, Well, as I said, the FCC finally has taken action on municipal competition, which for a long time was an issue that they didn't act on. There are all sorts of state laws that have been passed that that really hamstring cities from competing. Um, There's also something that the FCC chairman has said that he intends to pursue, which is uh, making it easier for private companies that want to build, say, competing fiber optic networks like Google is starting to do in some areas and a few other companies are doing uh, to make it easier for them to get access to telephone poles and conduits, these sort of nitty-gritty issues that actually have a huge amount to deal with the viability of competition. Um, there's another set of issues that that would seem not to be related, but it's the price of getting access to video. So if you want to offer a competing fiber broadband service, you have to offer a bundle. You've got to offer the so-called triple play, because that's what people expect. But it actually is far more expensive for a new entrant to get access to the programming, all the channels, than it is for an established player. So that's also something that um, the agency hasn't acted on, but I think they may act on. Um, We've seen Google enter a number of new markets with fiber. So I think in the last year, we've seen movement in that direction. But the reality is, um there's no way anyone can wave a magic wand and say poof there's another high-speed broadband provider across the entire United States. Um, It's an incremental process city by city. Wireless keeps getting better, but it's never going to be exactly the same as wireline service. So um, there certainly are ways we could have more competition. Um, One thing the FCC has not done and has not given any indication that it wants to do is require the incumbent network operators to share their networks. That's how competition works almost everywhere else in the world, not the direction we've gone here, not the direction we're likely to go here. So, yeah, the competition issue is going to be with us for a long time.
1: What haven't we talked
0: about around this that's important for
1: uh, viewers to know?
0: Um, I think, again, you hear a lot of hyperbole on both sides of this, and it really is important for people to calm down. There's an important principle here, which is that The internet has been an extraordinary vehicle for both economic activity as well as political activity and speech and innovation because it's an open network. Um, And when this debate started years ago, um, the broadband companies would say, look, we built the pipes, we control. If we want to discriminate, we should be able to discriminate. Now, if you listen to executives at companies like Comcast and Verizon, what they say is, We don't agree with these rules. We think they're too regulatory. We're concerned what the FCC might do with price regulation. But we agree the internet should be open. We agree that discrimination, unreasonable discrimination, doesn't have a place. We can debate about certain practices where a company wants to pay for better service as opposed to service being reduced. But the basic notion now is widely accepted. Um, And so uh, neither outcome here was going to dramatically change the internet. Um, The other piece that's important for people to realize is um, this was a pretty shocking reversal by the FCC from where they started a year ago. Um, This idea of classifying broadband as telecommunications under Title II of the Communications Act was something the FCC chairman was not inclined to do, and I and others who are experts said not going to happen. Uh, It did happen. Um, And it happened partly because lots and lots of individuals as well as lots and lots of innovative companies wrote to the FCC, went in and met with the FCC, um, and with the support of lots of very effective advocates, convinced the FCC to change its mind. Um, So I think it's important people to realize that um, public input does matter. Input from small companies and startups does matter. I think there were 4 million comments. Well, there were 4 million comments, but it wasn't just the uh, rubber stamp comments of people clicking a button. Um, There were VCs and startups and lots of companies that spent their time going to Washington or meeting with the FCC elsewhere. Um, I was at the FCC now almost 20 years ago when we were first looking at the internet. I would go fly out to Silicon Valley and get this reaction of like, who are you? Stay away from us. And I would say, you know what? you'd be much better off talking to us. You'd be much better off telling us what you want, telling us how we can avoid making mistakes than saying, stay away from us. We don't want to talk to you. Um, So it's gratifying to see that starting to happen. And I think it is important for people to realize that um, government can work and can actually listen to people. Um, But as I said, the issue's not over. Um, So uh, this is something that's going to be going on for some time. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you.